it's crazy when you like run into people so organically that's energy is just so infectious and I have felt so lucky to like have gotten to know you and to hear your story in like our meditation group and just to see how even in like yoga like your mindset can really be so infectious and just like like you resonate with it so easily of just like yes like I needed to hear that today or like yes like I thank you for saying that because you know what you're freaking right you know and like it's things like that that I feel like is so much needed in this world sometimes of just like people sharing their like authenticity and like being vulnerable because it helps us all grow and so I'm so, I'm just so happy to be able to share your story on this podcast today and you know to just discuss you know the things that we, we usually do in, in meditation and stuff um, with a wider a wider audience. I appreciate that thank you so much for having me I'm just happy to be here and I mean any opportunity to connect with you because you're one of my favorite people I see that I only get to see once a week so this is like extra so I'm excited. I know right extra speaking of like our spiritual journeys because like I know that's something that we talk sort of a lot about in our group of just like you know the things that cause us suffering and like how do we shift our mindsets to be to have more clarity really and truly around like who we are as beings instead of being so caught up in like the stories that we tell ourselves every day about who we are and what we're supposed to do in this world uh, like where did that journey sort of begin for you or was it sort of just something that's unfolded throughout the years of you know practicing yoga and like working with children and just working on mindfulness in your own life and that's like a that's a that's a lot of stories and like a lot of like milestones and just memories that are flooding when you're asking me this question because um just to share a story I was mm. um, in uh, the garage and um, actually looking for something that looking for grant my grandma she used to write letters and she had the most beautiful handwriting I just wanted to find something on my grandma like last month and um, just really present to like remember where I come from and I remember coming up finding a box of just many random binders and papers and I remember looking at and I I did a lot of to-do list and action list and journaling through my through my um, academic life and like personal life growing up but I had no idea that I I still do the things I've done like 20 years ago when I was like eight and 12 like really positive uplifting encouraging notes like I remember looking at a um a you know um a schedule of like all my classes and on, on the side was like don't give up you got this remember where you've come from you got through so much I mean what's this like what's this challenge you you know what I mean and very like positive I'm like whoa I was positive at 10 years old like how did I even know to be that way you know what I mean and like fast forward to now being I'm 39 I just um I'm like it's in the season of just diving into doing um more spiritual inner work um, and as you know, we uh, meditate every week on Tuesdays and it's, it's such a great, powerful experience to meditate in this group of people on a similar journey, just like a yoga practice, right? A different sort of like, um, you know, level of growth and transformation, but within, which is one of the most hardest, if not challenging um, things to take on. And it's just, you know, when you're, like you said, you were pulled to me and pulled to people that you want to get to know. Same with like experiences. I was pulled to like, just dive more into who I am. Who am I in this world? Like, what is my purpose? Like, who mm -hmm. am I truly? 
and just observing myself like I'm just you know a butterfly on the wall you know what I mean and like see who I am in that circumstance or in that conversation and it's I always I tell people now you know man you are you are not just your own best friend you can't be but also you're going to be the most interesting person you know because you are with yourself every millisecond of of your living life and I think that's so fascinating so yeah. for our whole life just kind of unraveling yeah hmm. good question yeah, I mean, the process of unraveling for me has been so intense. You know, I honestly wasn't expecting it to be as intense as it is. Because like you say, you spend all this time with yourself. You would think you of all people would know, right, who you are and like what that what you're supposed to do. But it's like none of us really know like, like what it is that we're we're supposed to do. We're kind of just like playing this role almost of like human being on this earth planet and we're like told all of these stories about who we're supposed to be based on our gender and like cultural expectations and slowly we kind of like conform to a lot of these like narratives of like what it is to be a person and one of the things that's been so tough is like that unraveling process of like okay like when you strip off all of those layers of like okay I'm a girl okay I'm a black girl okay I'm a black girl that's also Indian okay, I'm a black girl that's Indian that's from this island, then who is left behind all of that? Like, who is Harsha without parents? You know, who is she before there was a she? Um, And I feel like that has been such an eye-opening experience because I recognize, like, when I started to really look within, it was just, like, this curi- this curiosity, you know, this curiosity to experience what it is that life is, just to experience, like, the sunlight on your skin, to experience, you know, swimming in the ocean, eating good food, laughter, like, all of these emotions that we sort of take for granted once we get accustomed to them. Um, and it's just been, like, so intense, really and truly, just to go back to that, like, light that we all are and to like not have to have the weight of all of these other roles that we play be the thing that like clouds our judgment or like causes us suffering and anguish because it's like oh like things aren't going the way that I wanted because the little girl in me had like all of these goals because society told her she needed to have these goals so she believed them and it just like spirals off and on onto like all of these like just like paths that you take um, and it's funny because I remember you mentioned like, you know, you're thinking about like, which is the path that I take that like, I don't die. I so relate to that. It's like, what do I do so I can make it through this with the least amount of suffering, but also living so grounded and rooted in the present. And yeah, it's I still I don't think I'm at the root of it yet, but it's just like, I don't know, like so far it's just been incredible to even be able to re-meet yourself again, even though you've been yourself this whole time. It's just like, oh my God, like to go back and reflect and to see that even the the kid that was you already knew who you were then, even though like when we age, we are like, who is this person? And you go back and you find notes and you're like, oh my God, like we were always this loving, kind light. 
and somewhere along the way it's like we almost forget that and have to be reminded of like no you were always this person like you were always this just open beautiful soul that was here to experience and I don't know like it's it's amusing to me sometimes because it's like oh my god like you knew all along type of a thing so like what the hell were you stressing out about but it's also just like the process of unraveling is is mm. it's a lot <laughs> yeah I feel like you know a lot of what you said just resonates just as far as like who we are in this world as far as labels that make sense for us to fit in this world but also like how do we fit in this world knowing those are like labels that we can fit into but don't have to fit into and also knowing that there's a never-ending unraveling happening and we'll never know the end until we're in the ground right mm-hmm. and so it's about the journey you know and like that's the fun part right I hear it like like I hear the journey in our in your voice when you explain it which I feel in my life right now it's an adventure like whoa I forgot almost how to have fun in life like oh my gosh living life is an adventure right because we get caught up in the have to's need to should of's and expectations of others that I I mean I have lose sight many times and I think the cool thing about that I in your like just listening to you like share I was like man like, if we could just forget about what's happened in the past, just for this second, like, who in this moment would we be? Like, who would we be? Like, if there's nothing in our space right now, completely mm. just blank space. And that's where that's, there's a practice, right? That all the stories we, we've made up, all the, like, for me, a lot of about my brain makes me who I am, right? Who we are is what our brain thinks. And what the cool thing is that I found through, like, meditation was how we met is that, like, we are not our brain. Like we're not this organic body and we are, and there's a power we have within us that is untapped to the fullest potential that allows us to be, um, powerful, to be able to be powerfully choosing who we get to be, which is like, whoa. Right. And then we forget, then remember, then we forget, then remember, right. It's like, okay. But the cool thing is like during this spiritual inner work journey, right. There's like a dying and growing and um just pruning of those neuron neural pathways that don't serve us anymore and like that's 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 the adventure right the indiana jones adventure woo like giddy up let's go like oh my gosh it's gonna be also like scary and i'm gonna sweat a bit and oh my gosh i'm gonna like want to like knock it up and it's gonna be okay because i know like you you're you are similar a human being who goes through these emotions to go through these life paths and that's what like keeps us connected to i love that I've had this opportunity to share my story because hearing your story, I was like, hey, yeah, I've been in similar situations where I had to move and like learn how to be a certain way. And I'm like this brown woman and I'm a woman, but also like do I identify as that and like does it matter and all this stuff, right? And so, yeah, it's um, stronger together isn't just a hashtag. Facts. <laughs> That's why I like love the saying that like with Ram Das of like we're all just walking each other home because it's like um, that is literally what we are doing. Like we're yeah. all in this sort of like, okay, we popped into existence and we're kind of just like, okay, now what, you know? And it's just like, we're all kind of like, okay, you're here. You see me, right? Like you, you see we're we're here, right? You're, you're seeing what I'm seeing. Okay, cool. What is this? Can, can, do you understand what's going on? Oh no. Okay, great. At least we both are confused and lost. And you know what? At least, at least we're not in it alone. We, we can have fun. We can joke around as we try to figure out what this thing is that we call consciousness. But you're right. It's like when you recognize that we're more than what our brain tells us we are. And the thoughts that we have are just like reflections of this space that we operate in. Like for me, that has been 
just like the biggest mind-blowing realization of like the thoughts that I have are only the thoughts that I have because of the experiences that I've had the the things that I've come into contact with and if you take all of that away what would I think about you know what would I be if I couldn't think about those things and like you said like if you forgot your past what then would you be just a blank canvas And you're right, like, there's, like, this cycle of, like, constant rebirths and deaths that we go through in every moment of, like, we're always changing who we are based on the context of the environment, which to me has also been another big shift of, like, this, like, interdependence of, like, who we are with our environment that results in this expression in that moment that only occurred in that moment because of the condition of the environment. And the minute you change the environment, the way that you would respond to it would be entirely different. Um, And it's just so opposite to this, like, very individualistic, like, you don't need the world, the world is just there, and we move through it. And it's, you know, ours to dominate. Like, it's just, it's a very different way of looking at things. But I I find it way more peaceful when I look at it as sort of this inter-exchange between the condition of the environment and how I then perceive it as opposed to it being like all on me, like me as an individual. And I have to figure it all out by myself because if I don't, then I'm the failure, you know, and then all of this other tra-la-la then shows up as a result of that, which. And we all have that tra-la-la, you know, and I think, I mean, gosh, you say so many good things I want to touch on. I think one of them is like the, like the stories you make, right? The lenses lenses we have. And it's um I was I'm a big, huge Brenny Brown um fan. Mm. And there's a book she wrote about around shame, right? Mm. And so, you know, growing up in my um a Filipino American first generation, um, and my parents, you know, sacrificed a lot and struggled and suffered and were able to raise my brother and I in, a, in an environment where um, we had more opportunities than they have, for sure, right? A sense of entitlement, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are moments where, like, there's a guilt and shame of, like, well, I sh- should be grateful. Like, why do I feel bad or why do I feel guilty or why do I feel shame? And I think it's being present to, like, okay, oh, there's that tra-la-la happening right now. And that's how I see the world. Mm-hmm. And then how people speak to me is how that lens will shape my my perspective. And it's so it's, like, so trappy, as we know, when we meditate, like, oh, there's that voice doing that thing again around shame. Hey, you. And I realized that I used to just be so attached to that. Like, I just depended on that on that emotion for me to make sense of the world and to make sense of other people, my relationships, and my relationship with myself. But I didn't realize how much power I was giving away to that story, that I really didn't know who I was. And so when I meditated and was present to, like, clearly, like, clearly discerning that is not me, I was like, man, you can't forget it. You know what I mean? You can't go back and reverse to you who you were before which is the cool part nothing to write down which i like to write down notes and like journal and observe and like reflect and there's like nothing to be done there have you had that similar experience you're like whoa there's a really strong story that comes up yeah yeah all the time like that's been my biggest thing to be mindful of are those stories that I have been telling myself my whole life about who I have to be and why I have to achieve what I have to achieve and it's funny because as I've been 
So like I've been doing coaching this year. That's one of my gifts to myself as part of like doing that inner work because I realized like we all need support. And as much as like I say I want to cultivate this like inner human within me, I know I can't do it alone because like I can't see my own biases. Like I can't see the things that I have been hiding from myself for all of these years because I've been hiding it. Like and I'm doing a very good job at hiding it from my own self that like obviously I can't see it. And my my life coach, she has really been helping me get to that root of like the stories that cause me pain, you know, in my life that as a result of that pain, I built all of these external stories and personas to sort of guard against that, to protect against that, to defend the fort and make sure that Harsha is safe and secure. And going through and like revisiting those things and having to do breath work to breathe through it, it released a lot of emotion in me of like, oh my gosh, like, it was that moment like and it's crazy because it's like things that happened so long ago that you're kind of like oh yeah like it happened whatever but you remember it and there's like your that uh like the body remembers kind of a deal of like all of those emotions that like cause these stories to spin off that I have been recycling over and over and over in my head were grounded in a very specific moment that my body remembers and when I finally like gave myself the space to face it all I had was like like of course there was anger at first like it was just like a bunch of rage of like oh my god like I'm so angry that this happened and like blah 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 and then once the anger sort of dissipates then there's the sadness of like oh my god like there was this whole part of me that I straight up neglected and was like, I don't want to deal with you. I'm putting you in the corner. You stay there because I really don't want to deal with you at all. You're making me weak. I don't like feeling this sadness. So I'm just going to ignore you. And after I sort of released all of that sadness, then there was this like unconditional love of just like, oh my gosh, like I love you. Like I am so sorry that I ever neglected you that I ever treated you this way and it's like you know Tang has this you know the example of the crying baby and like just soothing the crying baby and it's like being sort of that like feminine mother figure to the parts of myself that were spinning these narratives that resulted in these like personas that were built to really defend against that it was just like very very cathartic but at the same time it was very just like grounding of like oh my gosh like look at all of this that you had built like you built this entire storm because you got hurt and just to be like I'm so sorry you know that like I couldn't I didn't have the language I didn't have the tools to support you then but I'm here for you now and I love you in all of your pain in all of your chaos in all of the mess I still love you and you are all you've always been worthy of that love and that to me has been so so beautiful and just even this last month of being able to recognize that and like for me, it's really been a lot of crying because, like, I feel like that's usually how it ends up is, like, me just bawling my eyes out of, like, oh, my gosh, like, 
But really, it's like that love of self to nurture the crying baby and to hold it and to love it and to let it get the attention that it's always wanted, but I refuse to give it. Mm. And then it kind of just results in this like peace of like, okay, like now we can really let it go, like really and truly let it go. And you feel that relief of like, whew, like, okay, finally, like I don't have to carry that weight with me anymore. Like, wow, like we were carrying that this whole time. Like, oh my gosh. And it just like, I don't know, results in this really like bursting of love for myself of like, I'm so proud of you, you know, for, for doing that work, even though it's scary and you, you know, for the longest while did not want to do it. But to now come to this place where I don't have to feel ashamed. I don't have to feel like there's any part of me that needs to be repressed. It's like very empowering at the end of the day of like, oh my gosh, like I can walk whole and not care how I'm showing up because it's me. Like it's just me in the moment being me. And no matter what that is, if it's crazy and chaotic or ground or very like aggressive and just like driven, like it's all me and it's beautiful and I love her and I wouldn't wish to be anything else, you know? And so, yeah, but it's been tough because it's like facing all of that. It's intense. Like it's been really intense of just like, wow, like, wow, 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 wow. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, first of all, um, clapping for you for just like, you know, just uh, celebrating you as finding that part of you, finding that part of you, rediscovering that part of you, also um, acknowledging that part of you mm. is, is courageous because, you know, I, I used to work in um, assisted living and there's many people I remember who don't acknowledge that part of themselves that that are broken and that is imperfect and imperfect in the same manner. And, um, but that, and that's a part of the beautiful journey is like, once you're on it, you can't go back. You cannot. Mm. No and so, um, and it reminds me of a part, part of my life that is similar of when I had a life coach many, and one of them was, she was my, the first woman coach I've had. And I knew already that like, Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a challenging coach. You know, first of all, she's a strong, intimidating, bold woman. And I just had this history of like having um, this, this like the resentment or like even this, like, don't tell me what to do from like a woman because I've been bullied by girls when I was younger. Mm. And um, I remember how she was just, the, she was the most impactful coach I've had. And I, cause I love coaches and we can't do like life alone for sure. And we have to have someone who sees life outside ourselves to know where we can work on, where we're like weak on, where we can grow in. Right. And so she said to me, cause I was really hard on myself. I was at work and I was a personal trainer at the time. And I was just hard on myself for not giving my client the results they wanted. And they are sad and upset. And I was like, I failed. Well, I'm not meant to do this. Well, there's more proof of like, I'm not worthy. I'm not smart enough. Whatever that story was. About mm. And she said, Melissa, and she was very straight. You know, she had her own business. She was a go-getter. She was just the right coach in that season. And she said, why don't you close your eyes? I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to relax and close my eyes. And she said, I want you to picture yourself as a four-year-old child. Like, what were you doing? What were you wearing? Like, what, how did you feel like? And I remember... I remember myself as a four-year-old child. I used to wear a lot of dresses because my mom would dress me in a lot of dresses. I had a little boyish haircut. She used to cover hair all the time because a Filipino tradition and um, superstition was that if you had long hair, 
you're going to be short as a kid. So you got to cut your hair really short as a, like a boyish short, boyish short, relative, not relative, but you know, at the time in the 80s. And I remember I had like, I always had bread in my hand. And in my culture, it's called pandesal. It's like this sweet bread. And I always had bread in every picture in like the foot album, there's bread in my hand, you know, and a phone, those two things. And I was like happy and like running around, you know, don't care whether there's mud on my shoe. And I told my coach, I'm happy. I have bread in my hand. I'm running around in the skirt, getting dirty and muddy. And I remember her saying to me, because I was really upset with myself and just like saying, just being very, you know, um, put myself down. Right. Mm. And uh, she said, Melissa, so there's that girl. Would you say what you're saying yourself right now to that four year old girl? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. And I, and I cried. Because she really represents to me to that, that moment where if that child literally went back in time with this four-year-old, pure uh, four-year-old heart, I talked to that, that little girl the way I was talking to myself. Like, I'd never do that. And she said, I want you to put a picture of yourself on your phone of that four-year-old girl. And so to this day, I still have that on my phone. Like, I haven't changed it. And so, um, and it made me realize of, like, how, how strong I am how like the gifts I have that God's given me and like wow there's no one else like me so I am perfect as the as I am like done to my gene my, my genome and my DNA of being Melissa Lavro Barsona just like you are because you are a unique individual no one else like you so that mm-hmm. was like what I was really present to you through your story and present to how um every moment we can recognize that and like be re- like refreshed and transformed again super cool now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all, and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. Exactly. Like, I I often, like, when I was trying to figure out, because, like, in college, I kind of noticed halfway through, I was like, something is off here. Like, I wasn't depressed or anything like that. But I could tell like, I had a level of anxiety that I had never really felt prior in my life. Um, And I was really kind of like low, like, because growing up on the island, I was used to being the it kid, like the kid that always had her shit together. Like people would always like really put me on a pedestal that I'd never even asked to be on. And that put a lot of pressure on me just regarding of like, like you said, being really hard on yourself. Like I can relate to that a hundred percent. Like I am so hard on myself that like, I don't take failure easily. And I would rather like, I noticed that there was this tendency of I rather avoid going down a path that I could tell could potentially lead to failure because I was not used to being forced to fail. And as a result, like, it caused a lot of anxiety in me because I could not deal with 
struggling like this like it was just like really foreign to me to not be number one in my class to like get a grade that was like below average like I was like what is this like what is this feeling and I remember like just like I would always go back to yeah but who is the kid that that wanted this dream like what did she want like who was the kid that before I cared about grades before I cared about being the smart kid like what was it that she wanted you know like why did she enjoy school in the first place and I realized it goes back to like I was just curious like I literally was just curious about the world and everything in it and I loved learning about it because I was like oh my god like I'm in this world that has all of this cool stuff like I just want to understand it like I just want to be a part of it I want to appreciate it and it changed to this thing of like a kid that just wanted to learn because she loved the world to oh well you have to get good grades because you need to get into this top school because if you don't get into this top school then you're going to be a failure and obviously we can't have that because your parents are immigrants and like they work so hard and they sacrifice all this stuff for you to be in this country and now you're not getting good grades like what the hell like what's wrong with you like I thought you were better than this like you were that kid remember like what 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 and then it was just like you like where do you where do you go from there you know and it's just like really not it was not a healthy place and I could tell that I was like I knew I was like Harsha if you continue like this this is you're not there's no way you're going to survive this and not to say that like I was suicidal or anything I just knew that I would not have the energy to maintain that kind of like lifestyle I just knew it and I knew that deep down I wanted to be here like I knew I wanted to learn all of this stuff I wanted to understand engineering because like I was I still that curious kid Mm -hmm. but I needed to change the way that I was going about it because if I continued on this path of doing it the way that other people wanted me to it was never going to work for me it just simply wasn't and I feel like that was the best decision I could have ever made for myself of like realizing that you are not doing this for anybody other than that curious kid that just wanted to learn about the world. And if you weren't doing it for her, then what what is the point? Like if, if she if you're not living out her dreams, her passions, like her just thirst for this life, then you're on the wrong path, you know? And I realized, like, I was like, no, like, I actually do want to learn this because I always wanted to learn this. But I had to stop being, like, letting all of these, like, external narratives of who I had to be, of being that kid that always got straight A's, of being, like, the perfect good girl. Because I'm, like, in Asian culture, there is that, like, strong gender stereotype of girls have to be a certain way you have to be proper you have to act good you have to behave you can't be too much you know what I mean because what will people say you know like that's usually the saying like what will people say what will people think if they found out and I had to get to a point where I was like fuck it I don't I don't care I really and truly do not give a damn what they think I don't care what they say that's their problem not mine and I'm stop I'm like not gonna live my life worrying all the time about what other people are gonna think about my life decisions that's their problem this is my life right at the end of the day and I remember like for me a lot of that was tied to my dad's approval like understand I one of the things that was like really difficult for me was thinking that I would disappoint my father because like he has always been I wouldn't say like he was tough on me but 
he's definitely like the patriarchal figure, you know, in my in my family. And so for me, it was just like, if I disappointed him, it would destroy that little girl because all she ever did was love her father you know what I mean and wanted to make him proud and I remember telling him like dad like what if I don't do this like what if I don't succeed like would you still be proud of me like would you still love me and he was like of course he's like of course he was like at the end of the day I just want you to be happy like no matter what it is and I was like oh my gosh like thank you like thank you for just saying that because that little girl needed to hear that because all this time she was thinking like, oh no, like I have to do it this way because if I don't, then I'm disappointing the man that I love the most. Mm. And I like could not do that. Like even now, like I can feel that heartstring of like, if I disappointed him, it would hurt me. Mm. Um, And just being able to be honest with him of like, hey, like I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. And I need to know that at the end of the day, you're always going to have my back. And he was like, of course, like, why would you ever, Mm. ever even doubt that for a second? But it's crazy because like that voice in our head, like makes it so much worse than it is. But then when you have like the bravery of being vulnerable, because that was even tough just to even ask him that like was so tough for me. Um, And to know that it was okay, I was like, again, relief. Mm-hmm. Of like, oof, okay, well, we don't have to carry this burden anymore. Like, it's going to be okay. And as long as my parents were fine with me, I really could care less what the world thinks. I'm like, the people that birthed me are cools. <laughs> we're cools. You know, and I'm curious for you, like, how it's been sort of like also navigating that like journey of figuring out kind of like acknowledging our worth and it not being tied to a specific goal because I know like in Asian cultures especially it can be really tough for girls to figure out what their purpose is because I feel like in our culture a lot of the time it's like women's only goal is to be subservient to men or like to be a wife or like to be a mother and I feel like there's so much more to who we are as women um, than just being a role for somebody else you know and like to actually be empowered like in our divine femininity to take up space and to be nurturers of more than just within like our families you know mm-hmm. you know it's um our parents are the, the first people in our life who make the biggest impact and hmm. we show up in the world um, you know, and I have very strong connections with both my parents, and I know my relationships with my mom and my dad show up in the relationships with the men and women in my life, and with myself and how I show up. Um, you know, I grew up very tomboyish growing up. My, I, you know, I love my parents, and we've been through a lot. There are times we didn't get along. You know, I would always, I used to label myself as like the rainbow sheep. Like, do I belong in this family? Why am I so different? Like, I'm just so out there. They're like totally like just academia super smart like I, I i i can't i can't fall that far from the tree you know what i mean um and i realized that um like for me my faith is very important to me i'm christian and um like who i see myself is someone who was made perfectly in his image and i'm i'm defined by my faith and i'm like he doesn't make a mistake like i am who i am and i um can forgive myself and redeem myself through my faith and know that like my parents love me they did the best they can they were raised a certain way i was raised very strict very firm 
you know, and I love my parents, I love my father, and I know, like, it through the, like, generationally, you know, I um, am present to this day how certain things in how I was raised have formed me to make, um, have shame be a huge part of my story and how my personality has developed. And so a lot of my last couple of years, especially last year, has been about healing that part of my inner child. And like, like I'm, I'm single and I'm happy. I'm like the happiest I've ever been right now because I'm actually taking care of not just myself, but um, getting to know my family better, deeper, um, and also getting to know who I am and healing those parts that I sort of like by going to the deep, dark, you know, parts where I don't want to like, you know, get into the muck, but like, you gotta go through the muck. Like, like we say in, in yoga, the lotus flower has to be in the muck to grow. You know, it has to go through the, the crap and the dirt and the muck and the challenge and the sweat and the tears and the suffering to like, that's where life is, is in the suffering, like being able to experience that, you know, as a human being to learn from it, to grow from it, to heal from it is like, that's for me, the value of my life. And uh, I, I go on a tangent sometimes and you can like, you know, understand my, my neurodivergent brain of ADHD and anxiety and depression is all intertwined, like this vicious cycle. And like, I embraced who that, who I am in that manner, you know, um, because it's made me like really feel the world in a way that I, that some people don't know how to. And so, and there's like a lot of gifts that people have that I don't have, but we all have a gift. So for me, it's like, I love people. I, I feel deeply for people is why my parents my, my dad is an engineer and he they're both retired my mom's a nurse retired but they were in their professions for over 40 years and so for me i i've dabbled a lot of different things um like i'm a teacher i'm an educator um i love health and fitness i love you know being with young old whatever age you are i'm here to like to share my experience and wisdom and like god's using me and um I think I'm just enjoying the journey right now. And I'm also knowing that this is a definitely, definitely a more, more fun journey to share with other people who are like, like-minded, you know, like I'm, I'm close to people who are, you know, share similar faiths or even different faiths to challenge my faith and to grow with people and to accept people for who they are, because we're really more the same than different. And like, be, be, you know, behind this skin, these eyeballs, like this physical organic um, piece of matter is this bright energy of light that we all are. And, you know, there'll be a time where it starts to dim, 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 and then we'll be off this earth. So it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's the color, even, but acknowledging, you know, we all have a history. We all have like generational stuff that follows us. And so I think there's, that's why this, like a podcast that you do sharing stories and experience is so important. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like conversation is a great way to really get to better understand ourselves you know because it's like especially like in the meditation group when when like you share especially like it can give me so much more perspective on like how other people think about the experience of life that we all share and in it like it gives you even more space to look at your own experience and be like you know what exactly like that is exactly the thing that I have also been struggling with like oh my gosh that's that's so interesting or like when you hear like other people's journeys in their own meditation you're like yep I've been there too says I feel you on that one the numb leg is a pain in the ass but we all get through it or 
like having the racing thoughts and being like, then will this ever end? And realizing, well, your your problem is not the thoughts. Your problem is you identify with said thoughts. And then it's like, oh my gosh, light bulb. And then you just keep going through that. And when you, I feel like, have conversation and especially you're able to really be vulnerable with yourself because sometimes like when you're in a group, it can be hard to open up and share the things that are happening in your experience because the whole thing of being vulnerable can be really tough because it comes back to the shame and like judgment and like what will people think and you have to like overcome all of these other delusions that stop you from just like speaking your truth and no matter whatever it is that it shows up as in the moment and when you do it you recognize like oh well for one it wasn't that bad you know what I mean and two like, doesn't that feel good to be able to share and like hear what other people think and to get feedback and clarity that helps you then grow even more? Because then you're not alone in it. And I feel like that's the one thing that I've benefited so much from just through the practice of having a podcast and being a part of the meditation group is that community is everything. And like, you don't have to do it alone. And like, I felt like for so long that I had to do it alone, that it was like me, myself and I, like, I'm an only child. So I was like, yeah, I have to have my own back because I've had my own back, like since I came out the womb, you know? And when I took that, like, burden off of myself of like, no hardship, like, you don't need to depend on yourself for everything, like, let your community show up for you. Wow. It like completely changed, like, just even my own internal suffering of like, oh, I need to figure this out by myself. Oh, I have I can't ask for help because then that's perceived as weakness. Or, oh, I have to keep this to myself because I don't want them to hear this crazy thought that I'm having right now. Like, they don't need to know that. Um, and when you share it and you're like, you know what? Let your community show up for you. Like, there's a gift in like, you know, the yoga practice of giving and receiving. That was something I really had to internalize for myself of like, you give so much. Why not like give yourself space to receive for once and let that be okay, you know, and not have to worry so much about like, oh, you're you're too much. Like you you shouldn't ask for anything. Like it should you you got it. You you don't need help. Like you can figure it out on your own. And it's like no, like you you can't do it all by yourself. And there's no need to do it all by yourself. Like that's why we are a consciousness like there's more of us like the universe was clearly born on its lonesome so it created everything else so we can play i mean you know why why would you want to just be alone when you have a huge community that's there to support you and love you if you let it if you give it you know the space to come into your life and support you uh and yeah that has been so so great for me to like actually be able to give myself permission to have community and to not have that be a sign of weakness but actually a strength Mm -hmm. because you have there's like you know the power in diversity the power of being a part of um and like for me that was another thing that really really opened my eyes of like you you were never an individual (laughs) like what made you like I know this world tricked you into thinking you were an individual babe but really and truly even from the day you were born everything you have has been given to you by your community the skin you wear the name you use the beliefs you have the identity you walk in were all gifts given to you so 
what made you think that any of it was yours to begin with? And when you leave this plane, you'll give it all back, you know, to the very community that gave it to you in the first place. And I feel like that's kind of the beauty of the rebirth and death and reincarnation and the concept of energy is never created or destroyed. Like it's just shared and transformed and it kind of takes so much of the burden off of having to figure it all out by yourself because mm-hmm. um, you don't you don't need to do that like you have people around you but I'm curious like how has you know yoga or even leading yoga for others you know helped you in this, like your journey of figuring out your purpose and being a steward for others because I feel like being a teacher is such a giving experience to have and is so needed Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like you really do curate an experience that's Mm -hmm. so powerful in helping people heal in so many ways that I feel like as individuals we sometimes forget how big our impact is because we're only looking through the lens of like who we are Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just curious like how being a teacher especially in this practice has sort of helped you you know understand that balance of giving and receiving and being you know a steward and a vessel for for the universe really there's so many things that you said that i just want to like touch on and like we could talk forever um (laughs) true i'm a rambler i really am no it's you know what is that word ramble more of like you're sharing your story i'm receiving it's a gift like you know what i mean it's all good in in my hood you know what i mean (laughs) being told that I talk too much and I'm extra and too much and I need to like you know all my life too much like lower down Melissa I'm like no thank you um and you know I respect you and you know I know people there's a sensitivity I have to be aware of with people I think that's what comes with being someone in my position like I have a role as a teacher um that I it's so funny you asked me this because my mom and dad they uh, I've always asked if I wanted to be an engineer or, mm. and I've tried in nursing and, and it wasn't for me only because there's so much pain that someone like myself, who's really, who's really sensitive to emotion and, 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 and very empathetic. I just got really depressed and a lot of uh, mental, um, mental and emotional health have touched my life. Um, with being depressed and you know suicidal and um, anxious and being diagnosed the world just looks different and so I Mm. approach it different so um, like when I meet my fellow sisters were like you know woo let's you know let's go get it let's go and I know sisters were like we want to go they're inside like ah like you know it's a being able to as a teacher like being able to meet people where they are is first meeting myself where I'm at and I think I mean, I think back of when I first was asked to teach, <laughs> like, no, I am a follower. Give me the instructions and I can follow it to a T and do it exactly perfect because I am a recovering perfectionist. And it's not a joke because there's no like level of perfectionism. Like it's, it's, it's not possible. But for me, it's a level of like, that's how I receive love and I need love and I need connection. So that's how I show up is like being, you know, overachiever. Number three in your gram, hello, we're, you know, are you out there? Not very Christian, but you know, it's like, it, it helps me like know how to act in the world. I also know it's not who I am. So as a teacher, there's a level of um, compassion. And um, this past year, I'm just really present to um, who I am as a teacher. And when I went back to school during the pandemic to get my, my master's degree to teach in, in education in public schools, um, it was a level of 
a level of uh, empathy and compassion and also just understanding who I truly am underneath the stories of like, I'm not good enough. Like, I can't do this. Like, what am I doing? Do like people even trust me in the classroom? Like, these are the kids. Like, oh my gosh, like the level of like influence I can have and knowing I can trust myself because there is someone, like you said, in your story of who you are, I would not be here by my own accord. No matter how much I've lived my life being independent and thinking I'm the only one I can trust, Mm -hmm. uh, that can only go so far. And so to this day, like I am who I am because of those around me who have loved me, who have seen the power in me and spoke to that power. I remember my parents, you know, they, they, like I said, they were very strict with me and they um, believed in me. But sometimes when they would teach, like say that they do believe me, it would like make me feel like, are you sure? Because I don't know if I'm like smart enough. Like I still had that level of self-doubt. I remember when I, um, I got through a level of like, just like simple living, you know, doing like all the things like, you know, dabbling in some drug use and like drinking a lot and just living a life that did not serve me. Like just having multiple partners and just not living a life that served my purpose and my strengths. And, you know, for me, I look like God, like was like, no, that is not the life for you. And I got really sick. And I remember like levels in our, in our life where we're slowed down like you have to slow down. You have to meet yourself where you are because it's going to happen again and again and again. And that's been sort of like the lesson in my life is do I have to listen to what a God or whoever you believe in, like who is, what is going on in the world? What is going on in my life right now? I have to listen. But for me, God's like, you're doing life in a way that doesn't serve you. And so I'm going to have you deal with some suffering. I'm going to have you deal with like a lot of pain, some heartache, you know? And I'm like, oh, and that's the best lesson, you know, and, um, it's, it's not easy. It was a lot of grief. There's a lot of like pain. Um, but just like a Phoenix, you know, like that lotus flower, you gotta go through that. And I remember when I, um, got sick, I went to the hospital. I had like my kidney taken out cause I had some complications with my kidney. Um, yoga was something that my doctor, my kidney doctor had said, that's the only thing you can do. Cause I was a very angry individual in my twenties and in my teens. So I loved hitting things. <laughs> I loved like yelling. I loved like, Oh, you know, lifting weights, but I did it for all the wrong reasons of like, you know, looking good, be like looking strong. And just like, I was angry. Like when I was running and kicking things, I was like, Oh, that ex-boyfriend. Oh, or like, you know what I mean? And so, and like, you know, it's not. It was a somewhat level of balance of trying to be healthy and like where my emotions were, but also like knowing that this was not um, the path for me because I got really sick. So Mm -hmm. my doctor was like, okay, you just have surgery. This is all you can do eight weeks later is yoga. And I'm like, my preconceived notion of yoga was like, okay, too easy. You're breathing, you're stretching, like spandex, not for me. But let me tell you, when I bought that group on, I went to my first hot yoga class, is going on in my body what is going on in my hips i can't breathe like what is going on right now it was the hardest thing i've ever done that was in 2012. i remember my one of my teachers um he he was the one the one the owner at fusion Hot yoga he said to me once after um, a kick-ass class um kicking my brain left and right as well that he was sitting down and I was just leaving the room. I was sweaty. It was red. I was just, wow, what happened in there? Who am I? Like rebirth. He was tying his shoes. And he said to me, Hey, Barisona, which he used to call me. Hey, Barisona, when are you going to kick my ass in yoga class? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I am a student. 
I clean the studio, I come in, I practice, that is me. What is it, 12 years later? What is it, what year? No, 10, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years later, I'm surprised of like where I'm at, you know? Like, again, time and time again, people have believed in me in my capabilities. Someone said, hey, grad school, you can teach middle school during the pandemic. I'm like, you know, I lost a lot of clientele as a personal trainer, yoga teacher, right? Everything closed down. So I was like, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll go to grad school with, um, you know, taking a loan out because I, no, I didn't have a lot of money. And I just got diagnosed with ADHD. So a lot of my life made a lot of sense. But the cool thing is the more you know who you are in life, especially in, in the darkest and the hardest moments, that's when those are tools for your resources. You gotta know who you are. And so I was able to like know, okay, well, I know I deal with A, B, and C, anxiety, depression. Um, I know I need to talk to people every day. So I made it my mission to like, okay, every day, talk to two people. When I go to like downtown, if I go down to the grocery store, to the gym, I have to talk to somebody. Okay, I gotta laugh daily. Okay, I gotta like laugh daily. So I had to like come up with a routine that helped who I am in this world, be able to do things that I know I wanna do, like go to grad school, which I never in my life thought I could do. And so here I am, like, thinking back, it's like, man, you're asking me, like, how did you become and be a teacher? Like, I had no idea I was going to be a teacher. <laughs> like, whoa, that's for, oh, that's questions to me. Oh, <laughs> that's what I do. You know, I'm just, like, honestly sharing my life and my wisdom to who who wants to listen. Um, yeah, and it's around health and wellness and how to live life to the, the, to the highest quality that you can, the highest standard you can with freedom, you know, and love and connection. Uh, and less shame, less fear, less anxiety, because I've been through a lot of that and I hope my life can help others, you know, um, have more ease and have, have level of like, I have the power to be able to get through this no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so beautiful, but I mean, honestly, having taken one of your classes, like you're definitely doing it. Like the energy you bring, like I said, is infectious. Like you feel that, like here's someone that actually wants to help you grow and heal and I feel like like energy always speaks volumes you know and I think like you said the lotus flower needs to go through the mud I realize like as much as like our journey in meditation is like to recognize suffering so that we can sort of relieve ourselves from it I also realize that by going through a journey where you do suffer it gives it gives you sort of like a a toolkit to see yourself in other people's experiences and to have more empathy for others and have more love for others because you recognize like we're all reflections of each other like we're all going through similar things we all have that voice in our head that's telling us we're not good enough or you can't do this and like it like I still have moments where I surprise myself at how good I am at something and I'm like oh my gosh like at the beginning of this you thought there was no way in hell that you were gonna get this done <laughs> You really had no clue. You were stressed out about it. But here you are. You did it. Like, you achieved the very thing you said you couldn't do. And, like, I find that, like, that is so awesome that no matter what in life, you can constantly surprise yourself. You can constantly show yourself how strong you are. Like, Mm -hmm. show yourself how powerful you are. Even when that voice in your head tells you otherwise, the light within you knows how strong and capable you are. And when you have people in your community that resonate that and like can see where you're struggling and give you a helping hand because they've been through it that that is for me the thing that transforms the world like really and truly and i'm curious cuz i know you mentioned that you were going to a retreat soon 
you know, like, what is the tea on that? Like, I'm, like, kind of jealous a little bit, you know? Like, a whole retreat. Like, I would love to go to a retreat one of these days, but I'm still, like, figuring it out. Like, how do I even pick a good one, one that actually resonates with me and it's not just a bunch of hippies doing drugs in Maui or something, you know? like. <laughs> I mean, definitely do your research. I think it's, um, gosh, you said something that really, like, I mean – I think that's what I love about my ADHD brain, you know, a little dabble of anxiety and depression. It's like, I'm always like overanalyzing and like checking in, like, who am I, who am I speaking to right now? Like, which, who am I, who's talking? No, I'm not like, you know, I don't have multiple, you know, personalities because I don't, I went through like, you know, a psychologist and a psychiatrist, so I know. And, um, and I know my brain's just like thinking, my ADHD is like, okay, let's like all these stories. And I'm thinking, you know what? You said something really important that I want to touch on. And I want to answer this question too, which I almost, I already forget what it was, but just being real, but it's, um, just being, like being in, in our class, being in, in our meditation class together. Let me tell you that I, I love doing things on my own. I'm actually like a closet introvert, but when I'm out, I like just, I'm just, I feel the energy, you know what I mean? Like make at V1 yoga studio, that is a loving community, just like the other studio I work at Fusion. And it's like a level of like being able to be vulnerable and safe in the space. I'm not like that everywhere, but once I know I can be safe, I can like let it, I can let loose a bit, right? Um, but in that room, when we do meditate, it's like the stories in our head. It's um, being able to like know, hey, that is that is a story that is not my, not me, and I know that it's it's a a fail safe that's trying to protect me from something that I don't want to come. You know what I mean? And that's the power of like meditation, which I never thought I could do when I got diagnosed. Um, that was about a couple years later. Fast forward to now, um, when Tang, you know, our teacher and my friend invited me, it was on a whim. I actually didn't plan on like I was in a talk class, I was gonna leave. But something about the right time, you know, there's a season you gotta you gotta be really like present to it mm. and slow down. Cause sometimes my brain goes so fast that I'm ready in the next like room when I'm still like in the same room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why am I even here? And so I've been moving slow more slow. In this in this part of my life and realizing how meditation is a game changer and has changed my life and it's really like for me similar to praying being present to like the air i breathe like this for me like you know god is giving me this life i am breathing this air i could die any moment i don't even know when i'm going to but i get to breathe right now and being present to the simple the simple mechanism of like my body knows how to breathe I don't have, and I, and I can control it too, but that my emotions and who I am is so connected to my breath. And I was at church day, which is interesting because not that I was at church, but that the um, visiting pastor, she was talking about how breath um, was so, like breath is so powerful and that if we were present to like how our breath defines who we are, because how we breathe fast, slow, we get anxious, we get like scared, like our it's our breath, right? If we slow down, we get more calm, don't we? Like how interconnected that is, isn't that crazy? And so it's like, well, of course breathing isn't, you know, is something we need to pay more attention to. And the world is coming along, right? Research is showing up and people are, are taking it like, oh, we have to breathe and be present to our breath. But for me, as someone who never knew I had ADHD, but now I do, I have a level of like being present I've never ever had experienced in my life ever before and before it was where I had to take drugs and be at that moment and when I took these drugs 
I'd like, I'd be jealous of people. Like, is this how it feels like to be present and not hear all the voices and like all the to do's and all the lists and all the things in my head all the time. It's like a storm. It's very chaotic. And I'm like, I'd be very jealous. Fast forward to now, I'm like, there's a level of peace, there's a level of content. And like, I'm, I could cry because it's something that I, I've always wanted. And it was, it wasn't, it was only a natural, a natural um, way of being as a human is breathing, being present to it. I look forward to sitting, which if you met me 10 years ago, even five years ago, like, no, I cannot. I was that yogi in yoga school who fell off my cushion, by the way, in front of the teacher, by the way, who was a world renowned teacher, by the way. And I was like, never again. Right. But that's, that's where that in that moment, that's what happens where I was cut off by that. My own experience of even ever stepping into an ashram or stepping into a meditation practice. So for me, going to this, um, it's like a seven-day retreat, is a pre, first of all, it's a prerequisite. I have to do it. <laughs> but I also want to do it. Um, and I'm actually buying a ticket today. And um, because this, so last year during my birthday, something happened where I was praying. And I was practicing, discerning, making decisions in my life. Because if, if for those who deal with ADHD, um, making a decision is very overwhelming. Like there you are on your day off trying to do something on your to-do list. An hour goes by, you don't have any made a decision. <laughs> and so I decided to practice um, using meditation as a tool to um, encourage myself to know how to make the right decision. And I, was, I had taught kids in middle school how to make decisions when I didn't even know how to make the best decision. <laughs> I so I, I was like, this is something I need to I, I I need to slow down and like actually look and hone in. So um, I was looking online and I um, just was looking because I love going to teacher training and I love like learning and achieving and like you know what I mean and um, fine tuning my craft and I'm always all about the spiritual journey and I love Vipassana, which is insightful yoga, which we've been practicing. And I came upon this teacher training with two um, respectful teachers. Um, Jack Cornfield, one of them, and another one I can't remember right now. My brain is like, don't remember, it's okay, but you can look her up. And in this training, and she's a, a psychologist, so she has a lot of research in her, in her um, background. Also, she's a Vipassana teacher as well. They both wrote books. They have their own YouTube. Um, I'll have to let you know. I'll send you a link. But And it's because they have free material on their own um, channels. But it's like they pair together to create this program called the Mindfulness meditation teacher program or was it the meditation mindfulness but it was mm teacher program and i just was called to like sign up at two o'clock in the morning because i'm a night owl all right i could be a morning person if i want to but i signed up and it's a two-year program because melissa was like i want to do like the hardest program with the highest reviews <laughs> gold stars and it was like beyond my budget and it didn't make sense for me to apply but I was like, oh, God is saying on my heart, Holy Spirit is saying, you got to apply right now. Oh, there's a scholarship. Do it right now. My old Melissa was like, do it tomorrow. Like, you're tired. You're go to bed. And that for me is um, part of like the discernment and part of like, oh, you got to listen because I know myself. If I wait, I'm going to forget. <laughs> so I did it. The next day I got the scholarship and I got in. And um, that was like months ago. But now as it comes to like the stomach, oh, I got to do so I have a about a six, seven day retreat. It's going to be a silent meditation, Vipassana in California. 
And I'm actually um, scared, excited, and, and just all these emotions, like, you know how we experience different emotions, all interlayered? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, um, away from civilization, no phone. Um, I can't connect with human beings. Even talking to my teacher who's leading, I have to look down. And so it's going to be a lot of introspect work, and mm. it should be very fascinating. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to hear how it goes when you come back from your journey. For sure, for sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel it. But I just want to say thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on the podcast and sharing your time and your story and your energy with me because I've really enjoyed getting to know you for the past few years that we've been a part of this group. And, you know, I really love it when you share because it like, empowers me to share too and I know like we've held each other accountable and sharing in the group and just being a part of your spiritual journey and to see how you grow and you know we both continue to just like learn more about who we are and the energy that you know is common to all of us and being able to see how we can sort of expand this love of self and love of others and have more empathy for others and more empathy for ourselves really and truly um, it's such a beautiful, beautiful journey to get to share with you. So thank you so, so much for being on the podcast and sharing all that you have today with with us because it, it means the world to me. And I just look forward to seeing how this journey continues to unfold and what more we get to discover about who we are and this crazy thing called life, you know? <laughs> well, I thank you for all the time, the invitation. You know, just to share my story and have me be present to my story again. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what life has in, in front of us. You know, in it together, right? Let's go. <laughs>